Welcome to Insurance Made Simple. I'm your host, Peter Vitelli, and this is episode one of our podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in and listening. It's greatly appreciated, and I hope and I'm confident that you'll learn a lot about insurance, a lot more than you knew before you started this podcast, simply by tuning in. So please subscribe. Today, I want to talk on episode one, really about the history of insurance. And this is going to be a podcast that talks a lot about different concepts that are common in insurance that we all use in our everyday lives. Home insurance, auto insurance, life insurance, renter's insurance, umbrella insurance, things like that. But really, I think that as a good foundation and a good start to this podcast, we really need to know Where the heck did insurance come from? Is this something that's just been going on for the past couple hundred years? Or is this something that started a long time before this? Why do we have insurance? Why does the government, as a condition of us driving a car on the road, require us to have insurance? Have you ever thought about that? I'm guessing many of you haven't. You just simply know that in order to register your vehicle, you have to have car insurance. But why? Where did this all start? Why do we have to have insurance on our houses as a condition of getting a mortgage on our home? Why do we have to have insurance if we rent an apartment or a house, you know, as a condition of our lease with our landlord? Where did this all start? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So insurance in some form or another is old as historical society. Insurance started with something called a bottom recontract, and these were not any time recent. These were something that were developed back in, you know, 4,000 to 3,000 BC. I mean, my God, that's a long time ago. So these bottom recontracts were really the first form of insurance ever in the world. And what they did was they're a contract when a ship owner provides his ship as security for a loan. And then they use the money that they get from this loan to pay for any risks that happen when they're at sea, any repairs or equipment, emergencies, anything during this voyage. And the reason this loan becomes an insurance contract is one very, very simple detail. And that's that the lender cannot enforce the contract if the ship does not come back from the voyage. He can only enforce it if the ship survives the voyage. So if the ship doesn't make it back, the ship owner does not have to pay. And that's the first insurance contract in ancient society. Now, As we evolve through society, insurance starts to look a lot more like what it looks today. In ancient Rome, there was something called a burial society, and that burial society paid funeral costs of their members, and their members paid monthly dues. So it's really just like life insurance is today, right? People pay insurance premiums every month, and then when someone does die and they're an active life insurance policyholder, you know, there's funeral costs, there's money that's paid for funeral costs by the life insurance company. So this is something that started back in ancient Rome. So this is a long time ago, too. And then 
as time progresses, insurance keeps looking more like what it is today. And, um, you know, there's the Great Fire of London in 1666. And then there's a number of insurance companies that start in England after this. Now, unfortunately, many of these were fraudulent and they were kind of like, you know, get rich quick schemes and things like that because there was no regulation. There was no government uh, intervention and looking at to make sure these were legitimate companies. So, unfortunately, you know, the real first insurance companies um, were very scandalous, which, as we'll talk about later in episodes of this podcast, uh, you know, happened to modern day insurance companies. In fact, some of the largest modern day insurance companies in America have a relatively uh, scandalous history, too. So the insurance company isn't always... Um, always as honest and open and as transparent and as out for the consumer as they want you to think that they are on all the advertising that they spend to kind of make you think that way. But uh, we'll get into that in later podcasts. So after, you know, we'll leave London and we'll come to America now. And the first insurance company organized in, in America happens in 1752. And it's called the Philadelphia uh, Contribution Ship. And who was this founded by? This was founded by, and this is fascinating. This is something I didn't know before, you know, researching for this podcast. This company was organized by Benjamin Franklin. And, you know, one of the founding fathers of America and in someone who's just such an important person in history is the first person who starts an insurance company in America, in Philadelphia, in 1752. And he structures this as a mutual insurance company, which is something that still to this day is part of how insurance companies, you know, can choose to organize themselves. And a mutual insurance company means that the insurance company is not owned by a person. It's not owned by Wall Street and stockholders. It's owned by the policyholders. And that's how Benjamin Franklin, you know, starts this insurance company in 1752. And it's the first property insurer in this country. And you know, it's designed to for people, you know, in and around Philadelphia to ensure, you know, their possessions. And I'm going to read to you now the notice, the issuing notice uh, for the organizational meeting of this uh, insurance company. And it says, all persons inclined to subscribe to the articles of insurance of houses from fire in or near the city are desired to appear at the courthouse where attendance will be given to take in their subscriptions every seventh day of the week in the afternoon until the 13th of April next, being the day appointed by the said articles for electing 12 directors and a treasurer. So this is the notice that starts the first American property insurance company. And it's for people who want to insure their houses from fire in and around uh, Philadelphia. So, and again, I mean, founded by Benjamin Franklin, one of the founding fathers of our country, also founds the first property insurance company in this country. And so, where does insurance go from there? You know, uh, from there, we see, you know, the invention of the automobile in the late 19th century. And what risk does that bring, right? It brings the risk of collision. 
and automobile accidents, which is exactly what we probably all think of when we first think about insurance. What's the most common thing that's going to happen? You know, a fire's not going to burn down everyone's house, you know, in their lifetime, but chances are in everyone's lifetime, they will get into a car accident. Hopefully a very minor car accident, but there are severe car accidents out there every day that unfortunately people die in. And it's very important that we have insurance laws and insurance in this country. And that's what happened in the late 19th century. You know, the inevitable side effect of automobiles being invented is that there's the automobile collision. And it became clear, you know, for government regulators and and legislators in our country that this isn't going to be like anything else, Um, that this is going to be need to be governed by law because this isn't like any other tort. And, you know, what is a tort? A tort is something that someone can be sued over. And, you know, most torts, the law relies upon your personal responsibility not to commit them. And then if you do commit them, you know, to be responsible for them. But with an automobile accident, it's so different because even though something may be your fault, you may not be able to pay the victim of that automobile collision. And so that led to legislators thinking, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to navigate this system? If someone gets into an auto accident and it's not their fault and they're seriously injured or their car is damaged, we want people to be able to be compensated for that. We don't want to have a system where, you know, people are so scared to get on the road because they could lose their car, they could lose other property, they could get injured without any compensation. So this very problem led to states like Massachusetts and Connecticut to create the first financial responsibility and compulsory insurance laws. These are the laws that we know exist today that say you have to have insurance to drive on the roads because we want to make sure that if something does, God forbid, happen, that the victims of those accidents can be compensated because it wasn't their fault. And, you know, Connecticut's uh, financial responsibility law happened in 1925. So, I mean, this is pretty recent. It's less than 100 years ago. And, you know, in Connecticut, they said that a vehicle owner that's involved in a collision, and if there's damages over $100, that vehicle owner had to prove financial responsibility to satisfy a claim for damages of at least $10,000. So this doesn't necessarily mean they need to have insurance. They just need to be able to prove that they could pay at least $10,000. And then we get into, you know, Massachusetts law, which is in fact compulsory insurance, meaning they you have to have insurance in order to get your vehicle registered, which is exactly what virtually every state in the country has today. And That was in 1925. So until then, you know, we then get to 1956 when New York then passed their compulsory law. Until that time, Massachusetts was the only state in the United States that required drivers to get insurance before registration. So all the way from 1925 to 1956, just Massachusetts. But today in 2022, everyone does, right? So it really... After 1956, many, many, many states 
followed through, right? And, you know, we get into 57, 60, 70, basically every other state now has compulsory insurance where you have to have insurance. It's not just a financial responsibility law. You have to have insurance to drive on the road. And so let's think about that. Why would the government do this, right? We talked about people being able to make sure victims are compensated. But I think there's another very important uh, reason for this, and it's, you know, the government's interest in its own property. And, you know, if you're driving on the road, you can hit a stoplight, you know, post. You could hit a telephone pole. You could hit a government vehicle on the road. You can hit so many things. You can hit anything, right? You could hit a bridge. You could hit any of these things, and those things are the government's responsibility. So the government wants to make sure that they're not going to be out there fixing it and putting it on the backs of all the taxpayers to fix this. They want to have an insurance system where property damage is covered. And that is part of the reason that we have these insurance laws today. This is part of the reason you have to have insurance. Now, could there be people who self-insure? People ask this all the time. Could I just, you know, if I'm a billionaire, do I need insurance? And the answer is in most states, you can qualify as a self-insurer, but you have to have a really solid financial, you know, backing in order to be able to do this. This isn't something that just anyone could do. I would say, in fact, probably most millionaires couldn't do it because the risk of loss is so big. So this is how we get to insurance today. This is where we get to compulsory insurance laws in this country. We go from, you know, ancient Babylon to the bottomry contract. We go to ancient Rome to burial societies. You know, we get into to London, you know, with the Great Fire of London in 1666, all the way to Benjamin Franklin in 1752, creating America's first property insurance company. Also, it's worth noting in 1759, we had uh, the first life insurance company, uh, and uh, that was the uh, Presbyterian Minister's Fund is the first life insurance company. And when we think about that life insurance company, it's exactly the same as the the life insurance, at least conceptually, it's the exact same as, you know, the ancient Roman life insurance companies. You know, members are paying in monthly dues, and the life insurance company is going to pay for funeral costs of members who pass on. So, this is an interesting, you know, first glance at where did insurance come from and how did we get to where we are today? And as we've seen insurance evolve, we've seen insurance evolve because societies evolved. As people get new things and new products are invented, there's a need to naturally insure those. People today insure their drones, insure their wine collections, insure their cigar collections, insure equipment used in their business. But all of this has originated all the way back from the time of ancient Babylon in ancient Rome. And insurance has been a foundation of modern and ancient society. And it has been there because there's always been the fundamental human 
need to protect what you own. And that's what insurance really is all about, protecting what you own. A lot of people who are listening to this podcast may think insurance is a scam or insurance never pays out. But I want you to remember one important thing. The insurance industry operates on one of the narrowest profit margins of any industry in modern society. And what does that mean? That means they're getting a slim slice of all the money that's come in. And why is that? Because lost costs are high in the insurance industry. For every dollar the insurance company takes in, what is it paying? Probably north of 80 cents out in claims. Then they take in, you know, administrative costs to, you know, administering the claims and, you know, management and insurance agents and, you know, technology and computers and processing fees and all that. But at the end, they have a very small, probably about 5% or less of what they're actually making in profit. So all of that money, a huge chunk of it is actually getting paid out in claims. And that's important because insurance is something to protect you if something bad happens. Now, we're going to talk a lot about additional things in this podcast. You know, am I insured properly? What kind of coverage should I have? What carrier provides what coverages? You know, what coverages, you know, do I have to carry by law? And these are things that we're going to talk about going forward. But today, I just wanted you to have a basic understanding that insurance isn't some new concept. It's an old concept. It's as old as we've seen today as ancient Babylon. So this is this is just kind of a, a fundamental primer I want you to have on insurance. So as we get into more advanced concepts, we know where we're going and where we came from. It's always important to understand a history of what's happened in a particular industry or in anything in life. And I that's what I wanted to do today. I wanted to give you a very quick, brief overview about where insurance started so we can build on this knowledge as we go forward and we talk about different insurance concepts and how insurance affects our lives today. So I hope you found this informative. I know that there's a lot of what I told you today that I had no idea about, and I'm someone who sells insurance policies every day for a living, but I didn't know the foundation and the history of insurance. So I think this is going to be helpful as we go forward and we talk about how insurance affects our lives today. So I want to thank you for joining me on this very first episode one. I'm excited about the things that we learned today and the things we're going to learn in the future. I want to thank you again for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, and we're going to learn a lot about insurance together, and I look forward to it. <laughs>